Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. Today we have a wonderful guest by the name of Anne Baum. Um, she is the president of Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital, which is part of the Lehigh Valley Health Network. Uh, she oversees strategic planning and operations of Lehigh Valley Riley Children's Hospital, which is the community's only children's hospital and the third largest children's hospital in Pennsylvania. Uh, prior to joining the hospital, she was the Lehigh Valley Market President for Capital Blue Cross. She also designed and led leadership development programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished, that focuses on leadership. Um, she started her new position January of 2022. So um, we are thrilled to have her today. And she is going to be talking about her books, uh, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed, and Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews. So these are two distinctly different books, um, but they are truly awesome books. And if you have a graduate, uh, if somebody graduating from college this year, this would be an absolutely wonderful, wonderful gift. So welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So tell us a little bit more about um, about Anne. Who, who is Anne? <laughs> Well, I Anne is a person who is always trying to take the lead and in doing so, empower others to the best level of their own success. And that philosophy has certainly helped me career-wise in helping organizations that I've led find success, but it also led me to writing the Small Mistakes, Big Consequences series. Because as I became wise, I'm not going to call myself older yet. So as I became <laughs> wise in my career, I realized that there were many little lessons that I learned along the way, both things that I myself had made the mistake of doing or things that I observed from others that I should share back with younger people, older people, other people, so that they wouldn't make those same mistakes. And I did it in a way that I wanted it to be fun, easy to read, easy to understand. And that's what led me to put the books together. I love it. You know, when, when I was a, a, a child, my, well, a teenager, actually, my dad had this plaque on the wall. So as you're going down the stairs, you read it every single time. And it said, Learn from other people's mistakes. You will never live long enough to make them all yourself. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And I love that it was positioned right on the steps. So you had to see it every day. Every day. I, I, I went down the steps during high school. Every single day I would see this plaque. And, and you know, it, it, was, it was a nice reminder to learn from other people so, because we have so much uh, wealth of knowledge to share. And, and I love that you're doing that. You're sharing that with, with people who can benefit from it. 
Um, what, yeah, absolutely. What inspired you to write your books? Well, really helping other people. There's so much that I've learned along the way, often from making the mistake myself, but certainly as your, your plaque on the wall indicated from watching others. And I felt compelled to share that information back with other people. It's something that's always been swirling around in my brain that I should share this information in some way. And a friend of mine challenged me before I was going to be a keynote speaker at her event to actually get the book published. And it was really helpful once it was out there as a challenge all of these doors started to open that probably were there all along, by the way, but I noticed them. Yeah. And I had put it out there and then I pursued it. And here I am with two books in publication and another one on the way. That's that's absolutely fabulous. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what, you know, what are soft skills? You talk about soft skills. What are they? Soft skills are our behaviors things that we do that influence how somebody perceives us. And whether we like it or not, perception is reality to the person with whom we're interacting. So naturally, we meet somebody and we're immediately making subconscious assumptions about who they are about their intelligence, about their credibility, about their kindness, whether they're trustworthy. And let me say, in this world of diversity, equity, and inclusion, it is completely unfair, this perception that we have. It is not real, but it naturally happens to each of us every time we meet somebody. So as the perceiver, I encourage everybody to give the other person a break, try and really get to know them and not let your initial perception completely define what you think of that person. But on the flip side, thinking about your behavior, those soft skills, how you're presenting yourself, how you are interacting with somebody really matters. And you want to hone those skills So that when you're interacting with somebody for the first time or multiple times, that their perception matches who you really are. I love that. So how can someone develop soft skills if if they want to improve that skill? how, How would you recommend that they do that? The first thing I would recommend is thinking about it. So often we focus on our PowerPoint presentation, the words that we're going to say in our speech, and we completely ignore all of the things that are creating that impression. There are some excellent studies that show that body language first builds that impression. Mm-hmm. Then it's followed by facial ex, uh, facial expressions and your tone of voice. And only after somebody has made thousands of assumptions about who you are and what you're about based on body language, facial expressions, and tone, only then do they actually look at your PowerPoint or listen to the words that you're saying. 
So it's critically important to think about everything about what you're portraying through your body language, how you look, how you smile, how your tone sounds, in addition to making sure you're incredibly well-prepared in your presentation. Absolutely. I I completely agree with you. I I think when I first started my career, um, you know, I recognized that, you know, so anytime I went to work, I, I made sure that, you know, from top to bottom, my hair to my shoes, I, I, I matched, I looked clean, I looked, you know, presentable because you don't want people getting stuck on how you look. If you look well dressed and you're put together, then you move on to the next step. They listen to you, then it develops that credibility. So I, I completely identify with everything that you wrote in your books. It's, it's, you know, those steps are very valuable and, and very important in developing credibility and um, letting people get past the basics so they can see who you really are and see what you really know. I, I think it's wonderful. Um, yes. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about executive function. I love the fact that you know what executive function is. Um, let's talk about your definition of executive function. What, what, is, what is executive function? Well, if you if you take it down to the very basics of it, it's walking the walk and talking the talk, right? So if you want people to perceive you in an executive or leadership role, you have to act like that. You have to look the part. You have to speak the part. You have to think through how your words and your actions portray how other people see you. And that is critically important. And often we're second guessing ourselves or undermining ourselves through the words we use or the way that we're presenting something. When you're thinking about executive function, you have to function as if you are the leader all of the time. Even if inside your brain and in your, your, and you have butterflies in your stomach, you have to hide that, quelch it down and power through. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think there's, you know, a, a lot of skill sets that people uh, really need to have and they don't recognize that they need them. For example, like being able to organize your thoughts. That's a very important skill set to have or processing information or problem solving. You know, these are all really critical in any kind of job, any kind of career path. So I think having those, you know, executive function skills, just time management, organization. I I think those are critical and those are the basics as you're moving forward. So I love that you talk about that. Um, What what is the relationship between soft skills and executive function? Well, it's a component of it. So you can be great at numbers and time management and organizational skills, but if you're not able to communicate with other people and hear them, truly listen and understand them, and then process that information to be a good decision maker and empower them, those other skills that are important to executive function won't be as effective. It's incredibly important to take all of those foundational skills that you just described 
and make sure that you can portray them back to others and use them to build the team, to grow the team, to drive that incredible success throughout your organization and your team. And if you can't look somebody in the eye and tell them and hear them and come together in decision-making empowerment, you'll never be as successful as you could be. Absolutely. And I think when you're in a leadership role, I think, well, I, I personally think you have an obligation to share your knowledge, your wisdom, and that's what you're doing in your books. You're sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. And, and I think that's how teams grow is by sharing that information and helping each other become the best version of themselves. And, and that's a really, really powerful um, thing. I mean, truly powerful. Well, when you're thinking of empowering your team, one of your most critical pieces that you need to do is coach. Well, first you have to trust them and say, all right, I'm giving you this opportunity. You have to put your trust in them, even though you still continue to hold the ultimate responsibility as the leader. You trust them, make sure they have the resources. But if you're not coaching them and teaching them along the way, you can't expect your team to be successful because in that leadership role, one of your primary jobs is to coach and teach and empower that team. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, So you talk about the fact that perception is reality. How does this relate to executive function? Well, it's such a really great question because when you're, so let's say you're perfect at everything, organizational skills, you've got a great <laughs> intellect, um, you're, you're really, really great at all of these things. But if people don't perceive that you have mastery in that, because maybe the way you talk, you never, you never present as if you are speaking with authority. You put filler words in and you say, well, maybe we should do this or kind of, sort of, possibly. Even though you're perfect at all of those things, which of course nobody is, but let's say you are, you undermine that executive function through how people perceive you. That's why it's so important to match your soft skills, the way you interact with others, the way you present yourself to the level of expertise that you possess. When you do that, then the perception will match your reality of your expertise. But if you're constantly undermining yourself because you're not thinking about the soft skills, people won't ever know or it'll take longer for them to realize that you have those other critical executive skills. Exactly. And I I think I noticed it a lot more in younger people who don't want to feel like they're stepping on toes. Uh, They kind of undermine themselves and they really shouldn't. If they're confident and capable, they really shouldn't do that because it it not only hinders their success, but their team and and their their job, really. So it's it's a really important thing to, to feel confident. It's, it's interesting because confidence and self-esteem are some of the things that I work on with my clients. And I'm amazed at how so many people, even adults, because I work with adults and children, 
they don't have the confidence. They have the the ability to do the job, but they don't have the confidence to come in with authority and say, yes, I, I, I can do this and, and then perform. So I think it's fascinating. Yes, I as as you started to tee up what you just said, what went through my mind is how amazed that I am by the lower self-esteem or hidden lack of confidence that even some of our most successful leaders possess. It's interesting how as a society we have this underlying fear of speaking out in a confident manner, speaking with authority, with the fear of offending somebody or coming off as bitchy or too assertive. And it's it's astounding that we have this. It's good that you have it for your business. <laughs> but it would be great if we could just get out of our own way sometimes. You know what? That's exactly it. We get in our own way. Our you know, our perception, it goes back to perception, our perception of our workplace, our perception of our coworkers, our perception of ourselves. You know, a lot of people are socially, you know, they, they want to be accepted. They want to be part of the social group. And so they don't want to step on toes. They don't want to uh, appear arrogant or, you know, cocky or whatever, whatever it is. And so, they don't really put forth their true selves. You know, they're, they're holding right. back. Right. And the, it's that fear that can really get in your way. But if you're focusing on your soft skills and those are reflecting who you truly are, the likelihood that you'll end up offending somebody or come off as arrogant or bitchy, it's so low because if you're operating with integrity, you're trying to do the right thing. You're open and honest with people. None of those other things will happen, yet we worry constantly about it. And one of the other things that really gets in our way is assumption. We spend so much time assuming how somebody else is going to respond or making assumptions about why they did what they did. And if we would just have the conversation with the other person and find out what's going on, one, we'd save a lot of time and angst associated with the assumption. And you're almost always wrong with the assumption because you assume the worst. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have the conversation. I think we're wired to have the most negative thoughts come up first. I I, I think we're, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me too. I, um, I, I love that you are teaching this information, you know, about soft skills in your in your book and and that it it really helps people, I think, better understand how to navigate the workplace. Um, because when we come out of college, you know, college is so loose and unstructured and and then we go to work and we're working for a company and it's very structured and it's very different. And so I think your books really help um, individuals who are transitioning from college to the workplace really navigate it accurately. Um, and, it, and I think that's what helps them gain that, that confidence to 
say, yes, I can, I can do this. I can speak up and share my, my little bit of knowledge or, or I can ask for, you know, uh, more information I can ask to, you know, I can ask my leaders for help, you know, on certain things. So I think it gives them that confidence. I, I, I think it's fabulous. Um, how can the proper use of soft skills lead to success? Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, if we go back to a previous statement I made about how soft skills help you build relationships, relationships are the foundation of your success. You have to be able to figure out how to communicate effectively with everybody, regardless of their style, regardless of their experience, their age, their background. And as you use your soft skills to relate sincerely and with integrity to other people, that builds your success. It builds your network. So your network is who you know, but also who knows you. It builds your team and it builds your opportunity. Because as you're moving through your career, if nobody knows what you're doing, It'll be hard for them to figure out how to build you into their team. But if you have good relationships and great communication, then people will naturally know where your skill sets lie. It will open doors for you where people will invite you to come do jobs for them that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have imagined. And it will open up the opportunity for you to ask for those jobs that maybe somebody wouldn't have thought of you as the leader for, but because you have the relationship and you have that great communication channel, you can tee it up to them and show them why you are the right person for it. So it's almost the foundation of everything that you do to build your success. If you have great soft skills, you build great relationships and great relationships lead to success. I agree with you 100%. I I think you can have the knowledge, you can have the wisdom, you can have everything, but if you don't have the ability to have the network, the relationships, and, and share your knowledge, you're not going to go very far. And, and that is truly uh, important. And I think a lot of people miss that. They, they go to networking events and share business cards, but they don't really get to know each other. And I think that's really what networking is about. Um, is is getting to know people in your circle and and sharing information and uh, you know I, I think it's it's inc- I mean for me personally um, I could not have done my radio show I could not have done my magazine if I didn't have the network that I have so I think it's truly foundational yeah absolutely and absolutely. I, I agree with you that. Uh, People will go to networking events and they think, oh, if I just hand you my business card, that's networking. You hit the nail on the head. It's about listening to somebody else, learning about who they are, what they're all about, their skill sets, their talents. And in doing so, not only do you learn something new, which is always great, Mm -hmm. but now you have somebody that you can connect with somebody else to help them succeed together. And in that process, 
they too are learning about you. Absolutely. I I refer to quite a lot of uh, professionals and they refer back to me. And that would not happen if we didn't have uh, knowledge of what the other person does um, and how well they do it. Um, We wouldn't, we just would not be able to have that network. So uh, for me, it's, it's really important in my business to be able to have other professionals to refer to because I'm, I can't do everything. Um, So I I need those people in my network because I need to refer to people. I need psychologists. I need psychiatrists to refer to. I need counselors and therapists. So it's it's really important for me to have that. So I see the value in it. and, And I hope that younger people notice it as well. I think in college, they do it quite well. You know, they, they're out having a beer, learning about people. And I think if they continue that into the workplace in a slightly different way, they can be very successful. I agree. And even if you're a shy person or somebody who, the minute you hear the word networking, it's causing you panic. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And what you'll find is you meet great friends and colleagues, many of whom you end up working with throughout your lifetime because you make that real sincere connection. So even though it sounds scary and sounds all formal, it's really just about making new friends and connections in the business world and then learning from them and they learn from you. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It has to be sincere. It has to be genuine. It has to be with integrity. And I think when people know that they can count on you and that, you know, they can, you know, ask you questions or learn from you or refer to you, that it's a sincere transaction, so to speak. It's a, it's a very honest and sincere thing. And they know that when they refer someone to you, you're going to take care of them. So I think, yeah, I think that that relationship building is, is just critical in all of this. Um, so we have a couple minutes before we take our break. I would love for you to talk a little bit about how people could get a copy of your books. Um, first of all, the, the books are called um, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, um, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed. And then the second book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews. Both are a- absolutely valuable for anyone who is uh, looking for work or in my opinion, who's graduating from college. So um, where could somebody get a copy of your books? The books are available anywhere online where books are sold. Um, Barnes and Noble is great. Amazon, anywhere where you can find books, they're available. Perfect. Um, So make sure you get a copy for your most recent graduate. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with me, uh, feel free to go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can uh, subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine there. You can also look at podcasts um, of the show as well as um, uh, sometimes we have scholarships. So feel free to check that out as well. And we'll be back after these messages and we'll be talking with Ann Corleybaum after these messages.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fozzie Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. Um, today we are talking with Anne Corley Baum. She's the author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed, as well as Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews, Uh, both really wonderful books, short read, so definitely worth your time to get a copy and and, and read it. I think it will help you um, get to that next level of success. So welcome back to the show, Anne. Thank you. So um, I would love to chat with you a little bit about what are some of the issues that can arise when soft skills are not applied in or out of the workplace? Uh, I think it's a really important question to to answer. Thanks for that question. We don't think of soft skills as something that can really get in our way because often we don't realize that we're not using them. And a great example that I'll give you is one of the characters from the book. And I, I call this character the transmitter. And the transmitter is somebody who never stops talking. And we've all met this person, right? We're in a conversation, say we're at a networking event. They're talking, 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 talking. You're not getting a word in edgewise. There seems to be zero interest in you or anything that you have to say. And you end up wanting to get out of that conversation. So that's an example where not being mindful of your soft skills can really get in your way. Now, the person who's doing that, being the transmitter, might just be really nervous. So they feel like they've got to just talk, 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 or they might be really excited 
to meet the other person and they've been waiting for so long. So they want to just download everything they've ever wanted to say to them. But unfortunately, that lack of awareness can lead to the failure to build a relationship. So that's just one example of something that if you just stop and say, all right, I'm not going to be the talker. I'm going to be the listener. And by being the listener, you'll always have your chance to input things. You'll always have the opportunity to contribute to the conversation. But flipping that attention to the other person versus yourself is a soft skill that makes a huge difference. And there's a quote that I absolutely love. And it says, charm is the ability to make someone else think that both of you are wonderful. And yes. <laughs> and that's a great way to think about soft skills. Make that other person important. Listen to them. And when you do that, they'll leave that conversation having a great understanding of who you are, but they'll also feel great about themselves. And that's what's important. I, I agree with you completely. I, I think when you are networking, it's really important to listen and learn about the other person. And when you do that, that uh, that genuineness comes through and the other person sees you in a different light. Their perception changes of who you are. Uh, you know, if, if they at first had certain thoughts about you, um, that perception could change if you're listening to them, if you're really in tune with what they have to say. And if you're truly genuine with that interaction, it, it makes a huge difference. I, I love that. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Um, how can soft skills help somebody live a better life? Well, I always think when you have great relationships, that in and of itself helps you live a better life. Because with great relationships and being open to learning about others, that all leads to a lifelong learning opportunity to do things maybe you never imagined you would have the opportunity to do new connections through an existing relationship. And when you're focused on presenting yourself as an open, friendly, confident, and really uh, somebody who cares about the other people, that what a great way to live life, right? It's less stressful. It's happier. It's calming. And if you're building your career and your success and your friendships and your relationships, by just thinking about your soft skills and how you interact with people in a way that is pleasant and empowering and mutually beneficial, your whole life is better. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I love the fact, you know, um, that you talk about perception and how people see you and 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 how you can use that to really develop those relationships, you know, change people's perceptions of whatever they think so that they can have a better image of who you are and a better idea of what you're capable of. And I, I, I love that. Um, 
when we talk about work, how can managers and leaders use soft skills to ensure the success of their employees as well as themselves? And I, and I think that's a really important thing that you have to, you have to include yourself in that as well if you're a leader. Yes. And we haven't talked a lot about this. We've talked more about you and how you're presenting yourself, but it's really important as a leader to look at how the other people are presenting themselves and start to understand what might be driving that particular behavior and build that culture of trust so that you can really have a team that is great at open, two-way, honest communication. If people perceive you in a leadership role to be uh, judgmental or tyrannical or uh, somebody who doesn't really care about anything but the bottom line, doesn't care about the team, they won't be as open and honest with you. And if you don't have that great trust between your team, your team will not ever be as successful. So it's important that when you're putting yourself out there to listen to other people, that you're truly listening. And sometimes that's hard because you may not want to hear what they have to say, but you've got to hear it, take it in, and then together figure out what you're going to do about it together. Earlier, we said without when people are making assumptions, it's almost never a positive one, right? Well. When people are left without communication, they make those negative assumptions. They never think, oh, everything must be fine if I'm not hearing from her. I'm sure everything is great. They need to hear from you that everything is great or it's not great. But when you don't communicate, that trust slowly eats away. And the one one thing that is incredibly important to remember is that the way you build trust is through your own integrity. So integrity is what you control. Trust is what people place in you based on your integrity. Let's, so let's talk a little bit about what is integrity, because I think a lot of people talk about integrity, but they don't really know what it means or how it applies to day-to-day life. Yeah, you know, integrity is, because it's something that is internal to us, there there are ranges of it, right? But to me, integrity is being honest in a meaningful way with other people. Now, it doesn't mean being brutally honest in a mean way. It means productively honest. So I wouldn't say to somebody, wow, looks like you really put on a few pounds. There's no (laughs) value, right, in that (laughs) level of honesty. But being honest about the organization and where you're going and plans that you have and, and putting that out there so that people know good, bad, ugly, you're not hiding anything from them. And when there is something confidential, telling them that, You'll tell them as soon as you can, but right now it's confidential. All of that to me is integrity. I've also heard it, um, it's doing the right thing even when nobody is 
watching. And I agree with that because there's always somebody watching. Can't tell your team, be friendly, make eye contact with everybody, deliver excellent customer service, and then not do it yourself. You have to walk the talk. Absolutely. I, I agree with everything you said. It's it's really important. Um, I, but, and I think communication is critical with integrity. You have to be able to express yourself appropriately, um, n- not not in a mean way. <laughs> like, like you said earlier, you put on a few pounds. Oh, uh, I think that immediately puts up a wall between the two people that are communicating. It, it has to be meaningful. It has to be with purpose. Uh, when I work with my clients, I tell them all the time, every move you make, because we play certain games, and I said, every move you make has to have a purpose. You can't just yes. randomly move things. You can't just randomly do things. You have to have a purpose. And I, and I think that's really important with, with integrity. You, you have to share information with intention, with, you know, that it's going to be positive and move your team forward. So um, I think that's a really important um, skill to have. And, and it, is a, it is a skill. Having integrity, I think, is a skill. Yes, I, I agree with that. And it also extends to those difficult conversations. So when you have somebody on your team, they're having an issue. They're not performing at the level that they need to perform. If you don't have that conversation with them, and work them through it, everyone else on the team is watching. And this is an old adage that somebody had shared with me, and I really take it to heart. And it basically says, the first person to know they're not performing is actually the person who's not performing. The next people who know are everybody else who works with that person who has to work around their failure to do their part of the work. And the last person to know is you, the leader. So by the time somebody's bringing that to you, you better act on it because it did not happen just that moment. It's been brewing. And it's important that you take action and have those difficult conversations. And I think as a leader, it's really important to be aware of what your team is doing and, and, and really be aware of how they're doing because by the time somebody starts complaining, it's a really difficult thing to complain about a coworker. You know, you don't, oh, you don't yeah. want to disrupt that relationship, but you also don't want to do their job for them. So by the time it gets to a manager or a leader, it's, 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 you're right. It's, it's been brewing for some time. So it's important as a leader to pay attention so that right. it doesn't have to come from one of your 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 team members you are aware of what's happening yeah uh, i agree you really have to pay attention and not let things slide because when one thing slides then another it just keeps building and um, yeah. it it everybody sees it you'd like to pretend it's not there but it is right and, and everyone knows that it's happening. So if you don't act on it, it it, it kind of diminishes your credibility. And as a leader, it, it kind of takes away some of your um, authority, you know, as, oh, as a leader. And the trust. So people see that and they think, well, she says one thing, 
but she's doing this other thing, which is true. And of course, again, they never assume the good, right? Always the bad. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, and we're programmed. That's that's how we're programmed to see the negative. Right. It takes it it takes us a, a special skill to be able to flip that around and see the best in everything and everybody and. I mean, I personally struggled with that for years because that's just how we're wired, you know? I agree. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, how, how can uh, perfecting soft skills help managers, leaders, and staff work more effectively? Really thinking about how others are perceiving you is important to your success. And when you're in a leadership role, there's already a certain perception that comes along with that. So for example, if you are the leader of a large team, most people on that team, if you ask them, would assume that you know everything that's going on every day with each individual person and that you're in some way, shape or form omnipotent, which is completely impossible. (laughs) and you'll hear people say oh well she should know or you should have known and you just don't so making sure that you keep those so recognizing that perception first and foremost and then showing your need to have great two-way conversations regularly with your team members so that you do know what's going on And that includes somebody who wants career advancement or somebody who's having an issue, somebody who knows they can't do their job because they don't have the resources. You need all of those things to be showing up from those individuals. So you have to create an environment where they feel trust, where they feel comfortable bringing them forward. And then when they do, you have to take action on them. So the actions always speak louder than words. You can say, I'm open, come tell me, do this, do that. But if you don't take action once that information falls to your desk, that also chips away at that trust. So uh, soft skills are a critical component to all of this. It's 100% about your behavior and your actions versus your words. They have to match. I agree with you 100%. I've I've worked in organizations where when I was younger, I was a social worker and I had a manager who would literally sit there and brush her hair while we talked. She was not listening to me. Um, you know, she we had our one-on-ones and she's brushing her hair. She's not listening. I did not feel like I was truly part of the team because I wasn't being listened to, even though we were having our one-on-ones, I was ambitious. I wanted to move forward in my career. Um, There was no follow through, even when we did have that discussion. And then I've had managers in other jobs where the minute I tell them, you know, I'm ready to move on to the next level, they're there supporting me, helping me. And giving me that opportunity. And I think that it makes a huge difference to have a leader who truly listens and then action. The follow through is absolutely critical. So I think if you want to be in a leadership position, you have to follow through. 
Um, yes, because people hang on your words. So when you say something, if you don't do what you say, then the next time they'll believe you a little less. And the next right. time they'll believe you a little less. And that's incredibly important for that trust to build off of your integrity. Doing what you say you're going to do is part of operating with integrity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I think integrity is, is uh, foundational for mm-hmm. any kind of relationship. If you don't have integrity, whether we want to believe it or not, but we all develop a, rela- a, um, a reputation and right. how you behave, how you interact is how people see you and people talk, you know, they're like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to do business with this person because the last time I tried to do business with them, they didn't follow through or they said something and and it didn't happen. So it's really important to follow through and, and have that integrity. And that's another soft skill is that follow through. And the sad thing about it is they may not do business with you, but they're not going to tell you why. And that's why paying attention to the soft skills are so important. These are the things that build that relationship, that network, your reputation. But when you don't do them, no one is going to tell you that that's the reason they aren't doing business with you, unless it's in a supervisor. Um, employee role. And even then, people are often hesitant to share that information. That's why soft skills are so critical because it influences not just that first impression, but your long-term prospects of a relationship with that business, with that individual. It's hugely important. Absolutely. Um, well, we are coming to the end of our uh, conversation, and I just want to thank you, Anne, for being on the show. I, I love your books. I think they're fabulous. And I know that you were talking about actually having a third book. Can you tell our audience what that third book will be? Yes, the third book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Video and Conference Calls. Throughout the pandemic, I have seen so many opportunities for people to improve their video and conference call soft skills. And I'm really looking forward to having that out in the market. Well, I think that's going to be a fabulous book. So if you're interested in um, Anne Corley Baum's books, uh, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed, and Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews, Um, You can get those at Barnes & Noble or Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Um, She is fabulous and her books are fabulous. I've read them, so I can actually tell you that they are uh, a great resource. I personally would uh, recommend uh, you purchase a copy for someone who's graduating from college. I I think it's, or even high school. Uh, I think it's it's a fabulous resource to have. And so, um, Anne, I, I just really want to thank you for being on the show today. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation with you. And um, if anyone's interested in getting uh, in touch with me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can email me through there. You can call me. 
You can also uh, subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine. And you can look at our podcast from previous shows um, through that site as well. So once again, it's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, all the listeners in uh, uh, China and Ireland and all the wonderful places that uh, people listen to me. Without you, this show would not be possible. So I really appreciate you all listening. And um, if you have any questions uh, for Anne, you can email me. And she's also decided to give a free autographed book. So if you are interested in an autographed book of uh, from Anne, uh, you can email me at fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com, or you can go through my um, website as well. So just go ahead and email uh, your um, request and Anne will happily send you a copy. So um, Anne, do you have any last uh, comments or um, anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Just thank you so much for having me on. It was a great conversation and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. I, I loved having this conversation with you. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully when you get your next book out, you can come back on and talk about that. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. Thank you.